listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 29th of November. Television personality Matt Wright is expected to front a Darwin police station today after Northern Territory Police issued a warrant for his arrest. It follows the death of his Outback Wrangler co-star Chris Willow-Wilson in a helicopter crash in the Territory in February this year. A spokesperson for Matt Wright says he strenuously denies any wrongdoing in relation to the crash. The 43-year-old was not in the helicopter at the time of the incident. A Northern Territory police officer has been charged with more than 30 offences in relation to the crash, including the disclosure of confidential information and obtaining benefit by deception, while another man has been charged with attempting to pervert the course of justice and destroying evidence. To today's other news now, and a major blow for the federal government's proposed Indigenous voice to Parliament, with the National Party confirming it won't be supporting the plan. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has pledged to hold a referendum on an enshrined voice to Parliament in his first term of office. But Nationals leader David Littleproud says his party believes it won't close the gap. We believe in empowering local Indigenous communities, giving them the power at a local level not creating another layer of bureaucracy here in Canberra. The Nationals is the first party to announce they're against the proposed plan, with the Liberals yet to officially confirm their position. Staying in Canberra and today, the federal government will move a censure motion against former Prime Minister Scott Morrison. A report into Mr Morrison's secret portfolio scandal while he was in the top job found his actions to be corrosive to the trust in government. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says the public should be informed of ministers' appointments. The Cabinet this morning has endorsed all six recommendations of the Bell Inquiry. These are serious recommendations going forward. We will introduce legislation later this week to make sure that this can never, ever happen again. Meantime, Australian companies that failed to protect customer data will face hefty penalties after a major bill passed through federal parliament overnight. The amendments increased the maximum fines for serious or repeated privacy breaches to $50 million or more. It follows major cyber attacks on both Medibank and Optus with the details of millions of Australian customers compromised. To Victoria now and Melbourne's deadly hotel quarantine program is back in the spotlight. Our reporter Celeste Mitsu has been following day one of the hearings. Victoria's health department is under scrutiny over its failed hotel quarantine program that led to the state's second wave. The first day of the five-week hearing has heard security guards had to provide their own PPE and some weren't given a how-to months after they began. 800 COVID deaths were linked to the debacle in 2020. 29 of the 56 witnesses will give evidence over the next three weeks before proceedings resume in March next year. If the department is convicted of the 58 charges, they face possible fines of around $95 million. To WA now, where a home in Mount Lawley is at the centre of a suspected murder investigation from 1992. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane has the details from Perth. 
Correct, Tash. Police will today continue searching the backyard of a Mount Lawley home for the remains of missing man Nicola LaFelci. The 37-year-old vanished without a trace 28 years ago. The search follows fresh information about where the bricklayer's body could be. Police have confirmed the 90-year-old resident isn't a part of the investigation. Detective Inspector Daryl Cox says police are currently offering a hefty reward for information as well. $500,000 is life-changing. And we hope someone out there that knows something will come forward now that there's a $500,000 reward. Overseas now in a region in China's northwest has eased COVID restrictions in reaction to widespread protests. Rallies erupted in the lockdown capital of Xinjiang after 10 people were killed in an apartment fire with rescues hampered by the lockdown barricades. Demonstrators are fighting against the country's strict COVID zero policy, calling on the leader of the Chinese Communist Party to stand down. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. We saw a very rare apology from the RBA boss yesterday to Australians for his forecasts he made in 2020, saying that interest rates would not likely rise until 2024. Let's take a listen to Philip Lowe's apology. I'm sorry that people listened to what we'd said and acted on that and now find themselves in a position they don't want don't want to be in, but at the time we thought it was the right thing to do and I think uh, looking back we would have chosen different language. You're right, people did not hear the caveats. So Effie, does Philip Lowe's apology from yesterday go far enough and is it any comfort for the thousands, possibly tens of thousands of Australians that took out extra mortgages on those financial forecasts which proved to be wrong? Yeah, look, Tash, it's a hard one, isn't it? Look, a lot of homeowners would definitely say it's a little too late for that. Thank you very much. I've taken my, you know, home loan out on the basis that I thought rates weren't going to go and now facing possibly the eighth consecutive rate hike. Now, the central bank, it's important to note this was a forecast. And they thought that inflation wouldn't rise quickly and that interest rates would stay low for, you know, until 2024. Well, that didn't happen. And I guess, you know, is the RBA only to blame? There was a lot of talk from everyone and myself were reporting that the forecast would be that, you know, rates won't go until 2024. Um, the language could have been a lot better, yes. Absolutely. Um, the concern is as well that we are always being told there are forecasts. And, and you know, I think I appreciate, and, and most consumers would appreciate, some forecasts would rather kind of see some assumptions than nothing. And forecasts are always hard to get wrong. The danger happens, of course, when you take those forecasts and, and think it's absolutely gospel. So going out and, and getting a humongous mortgage on the basis that rates won't move for two years is quite dangerous either which way because my question would be what would happen as a big, you know, at the end of the two years. Um, and again, saying that now, hindsight's a lovely thing. Um, it's an awkward situation that uh, the RBA has put itself in and yeah, I was quite surprised that they came out yesterday and uh, uh, Governor Philip Lowe apologised. But as I said, it may be a little bit, a little bit too late for, for homeowners already there. What we're seeing right now, Tash, is that as property prices continue to fall, we've got CoreLogic data coming out this Thursday and it's expected to see another 1% fall in national dwelling prices. You would think, uh, you know, it'd be more affordable to buy a home, but affordability is actually getting worse because of these seven rate hikes. And as I said, a possibly eight. In fact, in Sydney now, to buy a house, a household would need about 
62% of their income, uh, according to CoreLogic. Now, that's not affordable. Okay, the only silver lining to this is that rates may now come back down next year. And also this morning, SQM Research has released their boom and bust report. There's a report actually in the Fin Review, and they're actually saying that in this forecast, again, another forecast, if the cash rate stays below 4%, they, we will actually see maybe property prices do a huge turnaround. They're actually saying that Sydney prices could bounce up by 9% next year. So, look, there is a lot of kind of uh, crystal ball gazing. And again, it's important to take this information um, as for what it is, forecast. Yeah, interesting point. Like the weather, sometimes the financial forecasts can be wrong. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, Effie. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The summer of test cricket is just one sleep away with Australia gearing up to face the West Indies in Perth. Absolutely. Good morning, Tash. And all the talk is still about David Warner's future fronting the media yesterday, again indicating this summer could be his last in the whites on home soil. They're the whispers. I did I did make some comments, but um, look, these legs are still fresh. I'm still scoring runs. I'll have to uh, obviously assess where we are at the end of the season. And had a warning for Cameron Green as well, the young all-rounder, that if he continues to play in all three formats and in the Indian Premier League, uh, burnout is on the way. And that's what David Warner is feeling. So that's why... Potentially after this summer, he might give up uh, the shortest forms of the game, one days and T20s, or especially T20s, and just focus on test cricket. Adam Zampa, meanwhile, has been named in New South Wales, Sheffield Shield side to face the Vicks later this week. The spinner, Tash, is looking to push his case for a spot on the test tour of India next year. So much going on in the world of sport at the moment, Brett, and the season's not even underway, but in the AFL, the draft is underway. Any surprises last night? No, not really. No major curveballs. A lot of talk that Essendon would trade out of uh, the top five. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, a lot of the action happened uh, last month in, or earlier this month, I should say, in the lead up to the draft. The Giants trading with North Melbourne to get pick one. And last night they got their man. With pick one, the Giants have selected Aaron Cadman. And Aaron Cadman is a promising young key forward, had a standout season with the Rebels in Ballarat in country uh, Victoria and also Vic country as well, the representative side. And he has no problem packing his bags and moving north. It's so special. I Never in a million years would I have thought I'd be in this position and to share it with my family and friends and all these people in the room, it's it's super special. And the Kangaroos snapped up forward Harry Sheasel and powerful midfielder George Wardlaw with picks two and three. That came after they forced the Lions to match a bid for uh, father-son recruit Will Ashcroft. So last night we had the first round of the draft. Uh, Tonight we've got uh, the rest. It used to be on just one night, but now with live trading of picks, um, they've split that up over two nights, Tash. So uh, we look forward to that tonight. Too much to handle at the moment, Brett. And also a soccer powerhouse is through to the last 16 at the World Cup. Yeah, a late goal enough for Brazil to squeeze past Switzerland this morning. It looks like through Casemiro! On SBS there, Ghana edged South Korea 3-2. Cameroon battled back from two goals down to earn a 3 all draw with Serbia. And you can hear every match live and in your language via the listener app. We're taking the uh, SBS feed during this tournament. How good is that? We cannot wait for Thursday morning our time, getting up very early to watch the Socceroos. Yes, go Socceroos. Thank you, Tash. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. And tributes are continuing to flow this morning for one of Australia's first television doctors, Dr James Wright, who's passed away aged 94. 
He wrote regular medical articles for a number of very popular magazines, including the Women's Weekly, and was best known in the 1970s and 80s for his regular appearances on The Mike Walsh Show and The Midday Show with Ray Martin, offering great advice for viewers on a range of important health issues. Welcome back. If you've uh, wanted to know anything or everything about infertility, incontinence or infantile infatuations, but we're afraid to ask. Have no fear. Dr. James Wright can tell you everything. With the latest medical news, would you please welcome Dr. Wright? Dr. James Wright was also a very passionate advocate for older Australians. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.